Hello, and welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our seventh episode, our guest is Mallory Willits. Mallory is a student at the Indiana University School of Social Work who is currently pursuing her master's degree. Mallory has spent the past two years as a beginning social worker at Fairbanks Substance Abuse Hospital and Adult and Child Mental Health Center. Mallory chose her journey in social work due to her natural ability to talk to people therapeutically and her love for helping others. She thoroughly believes in the power of traveling and lives by the saying, Jobs fill your pocket, but adventures fill your soul. She has had the opportunity to travel quite a bit of the world, which gave her the opportunity to go to Ghana, where she met her husband, Wisdom. April 3rd, Mallory started a GoFundMe page titled, Who Said Love Doesn't Cost a Thing? Here's her description. As many of you know and have been following, I fell in love with a man from another country, and the immigration process is nothing short of a financial commitment. Wisdom is worth every penny, but between graduate school and a number of other financial commitments, the money just doesn't flow in as quickly as the bills come in. It has been just shy of a year since I last saw the love of my life. My dream is to be able to afford another trip to Ghana after graduation, as well as submitting the $1,600 for the next immigration stage as quickly as possible so that there is no lapse in the process. At this point, we can commit to one, but not the other due to finances. Immigration is our priority so that there will be permanency with being with one another, but we are hopeful to see each other again soon as well. Many people have individually reached out to me and asked how they can help. It was recommended that I set up a GoFundMe page to help with our journey. Please know that we do not expect you to donate, but that some people have requested a way for them to do so. Every penny helps and is deeply, wholeheartedly appreciated. Thank you for your unwavering support and consideration. So far, 17 people have contributed a total of $600 of the $1,000 goal over the past 18 days. If you would like to contribute, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash Mallory and Wisdom. That's spelled M-A-L-L-O-R-Y-A-N-D-W-I-S-D-O-M. Thank you to everyone who went to iTunes and subscribed to, rated, and reviewed The Rob Burgess Show. If you haven't subscribed to, rated, and reviewed the podcast on iTunes yet, please do so now. Every little bit helps the podcast to reach an even wider audience. You can find it at tinyurl.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. And once you've signed into iTunes, hit subscribe. Click the tab on the iTunes page near the top that says Ratings and Reviews. From there... Please leave a star rating, hopefully five stars, and click write a review to leave a review. Thanks again for the support. You can now find The Rob Burgess Show on Stitcher at stitcher.com forward slash podcast forward slash the dash Rob dash Burgess dash show. Google Play Music at tinyurl.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show Google Play. Tune in at tinyurl.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Tune in. YouTube at tinyurl.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. YouTube. You can also subscribe directly to the RSS feed at tinyurl.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show RSS. If you're an Android user and you're still not sure how to listen, you can also visit the website 
subscribe on android.com forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show RSS. And if you have a one-click supported app on your Android device, the app will load automatically. You can find more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. The official website for The Rob Burgess Show is www.therobburgessshow.com. Follow on Twitter at Rob Burgess Show. Like the page on Facebook at The Rob Burgess Show. Follow on SoundCloud at the-rob-burgess-show. The email for the show is therobburgessshow at gmail.com. And now, on to the show. Hello. Hey, Mallory. It's Rob. Hey, Rob. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Cool. Uh, do you have some time to talk right now? Yeah, I do. Awesome. Cool, cool. Um, well, I guess just go ahead and tell people whatever you want them to know about yourself. Okay. Well, for starters, my name is Mallory Willett. Um, I suppose I would consider myself a woman of many hats. I am currently in graduate school um, for social work, and I'm actually preparing to graduate in 26 days. Woo to that. Um but other than that, I would say um, I'm big into, I'm kind of a travel enthusiast, and I'm really big into um, volunteering. Um, I volunteer for an organization known as Prison Greyhound, and so I'm big into Greyhound Rescue, the dogs, not the buses. Um, Good. I'm glad you cleared that up for everybody because (laughs) (laughs) there were going to be a lot of disappointment ahead for people. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, So that's probably a little quick um, informational piece about myself. Cool. Well, I mean, like I said, uh, you're in the message I sent to you, you're a super interesting person, and I really don't even know where to start with the questions because you just have so many varied interests and uh, you're involved in so many cool things. I guess before anything, we should probably say we know each other because of Waycross. Yes, of course. Yeah, what better way to know someone? Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Some of my best friends, I, of course, know before uh, because of Waycross. I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. Yeah, we're we're friends with a lot of the same people, and, you know, I'm very uh, close, of course, with your cousins, uh, Emily and Kristen, of course. Um, yeah. Kevin was in my wedding, uh, so, That's you know. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 for sure. He was he was one of my groomsmen. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, what would you like to talk about first of, of all your varied interests? Um, well, I guess Ghana is an easy topic for sure. starters. It's kind of one that um, I'm most familiar with and most passionate about, kind of. So if you have any questions about that, I'd be happy okay, to Okay, cool. Well, you mentioned and... you're uh, you're very into travel, um, yeah. as am I. Um, but but kind of explain where that comes from and, and all the places you've been just in general. Yeah, of course. So I really strongly in, believe in, like, the power of travel. I just think that a lot of people say things like, oh, tattoos are so addicting, and I have one, and I wouldn't say that about myself. For me, it's more of a traveling piece. I feel like once I get my feet moving and I go somewhere, I have a passion to go elsewhere. Um, and I think that really comes from the fact that I, I just really, truly think that 
travel changes people and the way that they relate to other people as well as the way that they see the world. So it really gives them, like, several lenses to look through. In addition to that, I just think that traveling is really humbling and empowering for people. So it's something I really preach and tell um, the young and the old that it's never too late. Like, you should really go. Your days are numbered. And, um so for me personally, my travel first started when I was younger. My family's kind of always been big into taking vacations, so I've been all through the U.S. And then I started doing a lot of um, global traveling as well. It originally started with just going, like, to Canada um, on fishing trips with my family. And then as I moved into high school, I actually started going on mission trips abroad. And I went on a mission trip in Brazil. Um, it was a 10-day medical mission trip. And then from there, I just couldn't stop and started going elsewhere. So by the time I got to college, I decided my sophomore year I was going to travel abroad for a semester. So during my time abroad, I went to England was where my school was actually placed, but I traveled all through like Ireland. Oh, France. wait, wait. Uh, you were in England? Where in England were you? Yeah, so I was in, um, I was stationed in Grantham, England, which is just about an hour north of London. Okay. Um, train ride wise. Cool. Um, I, I student taught uh, about an hour south of London. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Uh, it was an awesome experience. And yeah. Well, I went to like they gave us short. Um, what What year was that that you were there? It was, let me think back here. So I, it was 2009, fall of 2009, so cool. like August to December. Okay. Um, and then we just, since we only have classes Monday through Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the week, we just spent the rest of the time traveling, which, you know, you know, since you've been there, it's really mm -hmm. cheap once you're over there to get flights elsewhere. Um, yeah, I don't think people here know how cool it is to be able to just hop on a train yeah. and go anywhere you want, you know. And for, like, a really reasonable price. Oh, I know. It wasn't that much at all. No. I, I mean, we could catch flights for super cheap and just make – you could do day trips easily. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it was definitely worth um, the trip for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I took a day trip to Cambridge. We took another one to um, Oxford. Um, yeah, I went to Oxford, yeah. Yeah, really cool. I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was just all at your fingertips. And I love being on the train. I read, I listen to stuff, you know what I mean? It, it's great. I wish yeah. I could take uh, that to work, you know? <laughs> I agree. I, like, I miss the... I mean, I was just in Canada a couple of weeks ago, and mm. I said that when I went there as well. But I miss, like, the underground, like, the, the easy access to mm -hmm. travel of going places. For sure. And, I mean, I know Indianapolis isn't a great example of <laughs> transportation. <laughs> well, if you enjoy driving really fast, I think yeah, it's, it's kind of the thing that you want to do. And people are inspired by the 500, and then they oh, treat, right. 
465 the same way or whatever. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that there's other places in the U.S. that have better transportation systems, but we're certainly not all the way there yet. Sure. I mean, it's a very car-centric culture in where we live, you know. So. Oh, yeah, exactly. Definitely. But anyway, I'm sorry. You were saying about England. Oh, yeah. So I, during my time in England, I just kind of traveled around while I was there. Um, so... I think I mentioned I went to Ireland and France. I have some family there, so I went um, a couple different places in France and made it over to Amsterdam Mm -hmm. um, and then just, like, to Wales and a number of other places um, in Italy, of course. But, I mean, there was still so much I didn't get to see that I want to see. Uh, Same here. But it was was definitely, like, a very um, humbling experience and really, um, you know, just taught me that I live, like, I don't know as much about the world that I think that I do until I really took the time to travel and there's still so much that I want to learn. Um, and then from there, I kind of took a little bit of break in my traveling, uh, while I finished my undergraduate and then, Right after graduating from my undergraduate degree, I received an internship from my school um, that they were going to send me to Ghana for eight weeks' time to do a social work internship while I was there. And the goal was to build a program for teenage mothers. So I spent two months there doing that. What was the program for teenage mothers centered around? Well, basically, it was I was the one who was supposed to be starting the program. I went through an organization known as Cross Cultural Solutions, and um, they're locally here in like the U.S. and out of New York, but they have different um, stations throughout different countries for you to do like volunteer work or internship. So they wanted me, since I was a social worker, to really reach out to the people in Ghana. They have a lot of like 16-year-olds getting pregnant and then not having the support system and the economy isn't really good there. So having trouble supporting themselves and not really feeling mm-hmm. engaged with the community. So they just really wanted me to connect those people to mm-hmm. the appropriate resources. Right. Uh, well, that's important work. I mean... It sounds a lot easier than it actually was. So I thought going in when I started the internship, they said, like, oh, Ghana, like, it's an English-speaking country. Like, no problem. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really not what happened when I got there, mm. even though, like, Ghana is technically an English-speaking country and all their signs and paperwork I've written in English. Um, a good majority of people actually do not know English. Hmm. Um, and so it, I had to have an interpreter with me to try and communicate with these mothers, and it just became, like, a much more intensive program than we thought it was going to be in the first place. Um, so really I was only able to get the stats, gather the troops, and then kind of know, like, where the needs were by the time I left, and then hopefully someone else took that over um, after mm. I left from there. Okay. So um, I guess uh, tell us about Wisdom. I mean, what what do you want us to know? How did you guys meet? Yeah, okay. So um, actually, 
Um, wisdom is my technically now husband. I'm not sure that a lot of people know that. Um, but we met my second day in Ghana. Mm. Uh, the organization that I was with took us to a, sh- a shop there and they said like, oh, we just want to take you to get some snacks. Uh, maybe see some things that you would see back in the U.S. So <laughs> we walk into the shop, and it's got, like, cookies and soda and Coca-Cola and all this stuff that we recognized, and turns out that Wisdom, it was his shop. Mm. Um, they In Ghana, 70% of the population is considered to be unemployed, but they all – a lot of them have their own businesses that they're running, um, just, like, selling produce that they've grown or a number of other things, and his happens to be a drink shop. So the rest of the volunteers that were with our group had kind of left, and I was left in the store by myself and in a little bit of a panic that I wasn't going to be able to communicate with this man behind the counter. <laughs> but it turns out... Um, he spoke English, and we quickly became friends, and he kind of helped me through um, my whole two months there in the experience. There were definitely um, some tough times for me, and I was the volunteer that was there the longest. Everyone else was coming for, like, one or two weeks and then moving on. And so I really wanted to make sure I immersed myself in the culture and didn't just stay back at the organizational house and hang out with the Americans. I really wanted to know the Ghanaians. And so I spent a a lot of time with him and his family and really tried to learn about the culture. Um, And then after my two months was up, uh, we basically agreed that we wanted to see where the relationship would go. We decided to keep dating when I came back to the States. So I returned to the U.S. Um, I was gone from, like, May to, to the end of July. So I was here from August until January of last year, 2015, when I went back to Ghana um, for the second time. And at that time, um, Wisdom proposed to me, and I, uh, in their culture, you do the proposal, and then two days later, you get married. (laughs) So how did you feel about that when you found out that in 48 hours? (laughs) Well, it was was definitely something that I would say we we had discussed and kind of talked Mm -hmm. about prior to. Sure. Um me going back over there to visit, it was kind of one of those things where I just, we knew where our relationship was at, and um, I, we both kind of felt like, well, you know, if this isn't going to be moving forward, then there's really no, like, this long distance thing from the U.S. to Africa is really not practical. Um And so I knew that that's how his process worked. He had given the option of us just getting engaged and then applying for the fiancé visa for him to get Mm -hmm. here that way. Um, But a lot of people had kind of discouraged me who had gone through that process before and said, like, 
especially with him being from Ghana, um, the African continent is considered to be, like, the hardest immigration-wise to get people here. It takes the longest. And so they're like, for him to get a fiancé visa, it's probably going to take a while. And you're better off to just have the paperwork that you've gotten married, and um, the process will move a little bit quicker. So we had spoken to some attorneys, kind of figured out how we wanted to go about that. And um, it definitely was a fast process, but there really wasn't much hesitation for me. Um, I knew what I wanted, and I, you know, um, I'm sure that you've heard me say this before, but uh, I just, like, I really consider myself, I suppose, to be a spiritual person, and I just felt like I was led there for that reason, and... um, it just so happened that I met him the second day there. I kind of really believe in fate mm. and everything happening for a reason. So um, it worked out for me the way that I wanted it to. And then mm. um, knowing that even through the immigration process with him getting here, the chances of his family being able to come for our wedding in the U.S. were slim to none mm-hmm. um, because it's hard enough to get him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided to go ahead and have a traditional Ghanaian wedding with his family, go ahead and sign the appropriate documentation, and then start mm-hmm. the immigration process um, with right. the U.S. Now, correct uh, me if I'm wrong, is, is, he, is he Muslim? Is that correct? He's actually not. No. Um, okay. There's a, there's a good reason why you would think that. Well, I, I thought that I had seen maybe pictures of some sort of Muslim ceremony. Would that yeah. be accurate? So, that okay. is accurate. So um, we had a Christian wedding. He's actually Catholic. Oh, wow. But, okay. um, his some of his closest friends, basically in Ghana, the um, town that he lives in is pretty much divided as far as Christian and Muslim community. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, like, um, the Muslim community lives on a certain side of town, and the Christian community kind of lives on the other, but they all work alongside each other. Um, but it's really not very common for the Muslim community to come out to Catholic or um, Christian weddings, um, or even ceremonies for that matter of any kind. So wisdom just so happened to... Um, have one of his best friends. His dad is actually the chief of the local Muslim community there. Ah, And so um, so a bunch of the Muslim community um, came out to our reception Mm. and kind of did like a traditional Muslim um, wedding Mm -hmm. gift and kind of like presentation so that and gave us traditional Muslim names and things like that to really tell us that they considered us to be a part of their family as well and that they had seen wisdom as their son for a long time and so um that's why you're thinking that he's Muslim is just because um his he's very close with the Muslim community there and he really um I mean, if you went into his shop, he wears the traditional Muslim garb sometimes, so it's easily to mis- it's easy to mistake okay. that. But, okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, he is definitely doesn't know a stranger, and he speaks 
seven languages, and yeah, because <laughs> um, they have like um, <laughs> it's amazing how other people around the world just speak several languages, and it's just like assumed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, it it is. It it really like that. I felt like wow, there's something missing culturally for me that I only am fluent in English, mm-hmm. and they're exposed to all these other languages. Um, yeah, for sure. So, wow. Well, uh, well, that's amazing, and um, you know, it's got to be hard, especially uh, now, because we have, of course, Donald Trump, and um, oh yeah, you know, I'm sure that's not helping anything in your no. life right now. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Um, and you know, I am on social media a lot, and mm-hmm. I really try to limit what I like not to become offended about what people post or what they say, but Mm -hmm. definitely I feel like Trump has quickly brought out this hatred in people to say exactly how they're feeling. And so Mm -hmm. I'm seeing some things that people post and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize you felt that way. Um, Well, it's making things that weren't acceptable to say in public now suddenly acceptable to say in public. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's definitely a scary thing. And, you know, he definitely talks about, um, immigration and many people have said to me, like, do you think that this is going to affect your immigration process? And, um, things like that, and, you know, it's definitely a concern of ours, but luckily we're already kind of in the um, swing of things. We already are through one phase of the process, so we're really hoping that we'll be through all of it by the time election comes. Well, yeah, Um, let's hope so, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and hopefully um, by the time election comes, um, Trump won't even be an issue. Yeah, right. Well, we can always hope, for sure. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Well, that's uh, that's quite a quite a story. And um, so, I mean, has it been hard uh, as far as your family? Have they been concerned for you as far as, you know, um, I mean, this is pretty, like, drastic. I mean, you, uh, you, you not, you're bridging so many divides here, the ocean, continents, uh, yeah. Race, I mean, country, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like you, right. you, you have a lot of work ahead of yourself. Do, has that been hard for you with people, other friends or family? Like, have they been concerned in any way? Yeah, you know, it definitely has. Um, there have definitely been people who have said things, um, like, you know, that they're concerned that he would just be coming here because he wants to get to the U.S. and that he actually doesn't care about me. And it's, it's you know, I kind of take those things with a grain of salt because I know my relationship and I know how I feel and I know him as a person. And so, um, but I'm, I have been really rather shocked at what people feel like it's okay to say to other people. Um, and I know a lot of it is just a lack of um, education. Um, so one of the main things that I get all the time, um, originally it was kind of a race thing. Um, there was, you know, it was kind of a concern um, in my um, family originally. You know, they were just concerned about how other people were going to treat me type of thing, uh, concerned about future children and if they would have 
feel like they had a place to fit in. And then, you know, additionally, Wisdom's first language isn't English, even though he's fluent in English. Like, um, you know, how how is he going to fit in culturally here? Um, he had given me the option to go to Ghana, um, but that just wasn't what I wanted for myself. As much as I love to travel, I don't want to live there permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, and then it kind of, the other pieces, like, Wisdom went through college and he got his business degree, but that means nothing when that transfers to the U.S. Like, he's not going to carry that over here. They don't say, oh, like, your degree in Ghana totally works here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thinking and looking at, like, how is that going to affect, um, us financially when it thinks of uh, when we talk about like him getting a job and you know we've had those conversations and the bottom line is is what I quickly quickly learned is the people who really know me and have come to know him are very supportive and very loving and even people who maybe had some concerns at first like with how quickly it was moving or um, were kind of just afraid of like how other people would treat us they've really come around and I think they've realized that um, you know I'm okay with it and I'm I'm at peace with it and so they're really backing me and supporting me and I actually have been blown away by the amount of support that we've gotten from people mm-hmm. and there certainly are still those people who decide to say things that are not nice um, but I think you're going to get that no matter what it wouldn't you know it wouldn't matter um, I've certainly <laughs> added a bunch of things into the mix to add to allow people to say more things than um, maybe mm-hmm. if I married a Caucasian male from right. Indiana. But um, but I think that says less about you than it does about them, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're right, kind of showing exactly. you who they are. And really all it right. costs you is, oh, now I know the truth, you know? It's like I don't have yeah. to wonder anymore. <laughs> all right. Right. <laughs> and it, it definitely has taught me a lot about some people that um, I maybe would have thought would have been more supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that I knew, uh, like my best friends, they are very supportive. My family is very supportive and behind us, and um, that's really what matters to us. And his family is, I mean, they love that I, his mom cannot speak English, but she loves me just the same. We mm-hmm. can't communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's definitely, there's a learning curve, and I'm really hoping that you know, if we decide to have kids in the future, that I will be able to learn some of his local languages as well so that I can better communicate with his family. Um, but there's definitely challenges on both ends of the um, spectrum, and we're just thankful for the people who are behind us and kind of try and ignore those who aren't. Sure, sure, And definitely. educate them. Yeah, um, definitely. So I'm, one, of, like, one of the biggest things that I can remember... Um, happening when I first decided to go over there was when the Ebola outbreak happened. That's Mm. when I first went to Ghana. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that, you know, my work was concerned. My coworkers wanted them to quarantine me for, like, two weeks. Mm. And so it was just this big, like, everybody was in this panic that I was going to bring Ebola back. And the for me, like, I kind of 
was irritated in the sense that, like, there are no cases of Ebola in Ghana. There have yet to be any cases of Ebola in Ghana, but people associate Africa as being, like, one whole entity and don't divide the countries within it. Um, so it really has just given me an opportunity to further educate people and make them more knowledgeable. Um, and sometimes they believe me and sometimes they don't, but um, <laughs> that, that's okay. And, yeah. I mean, know. a lot of those people haven't been anywhere else either. Right. I mean, a lot of yeah. people are like, America's the greatest. It's like, have you been anywhere else? Do you know? Right. Do you have anything to compare that to? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's, uh, I mean, that's quite a story and you, you, you know, you'll have uh, a pretty awesome story to tell your grandkids, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be uh, quite the tale, but, um, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited that, uh, it seems to be working out as far as your GoFundMe thing. Uh, you've raised about yeah. half of the amount so far in nine days. It says you've raised almost $500 of the thousand yeah, dollars you were trying here. to get. So that's exciting. Yeah, we we're really thankful for the support that we've received from people, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I think people assume that oh, like if you marry someone, they can just like come on over, mm-hmm. like you're married, they're family now, but it's not that easy, mm-hmm. and um, it's definitely not a cheap process, and um, especially with me being in grad school and everything else, it's just like. We have just really um, been hit with a lot of um, the financial pieces of getting through the process, and it's actually moved a little bit quicker than we thought it would, which means that the bills are coming in a little bit quicker. So um, I actually was a little bit nervous about the GoFundMe uh, page originally, but some coworkers really encouraged me. They wanted to donate, so I chose to go ahead and open it for those who um felt like they really wanted to um, participate. I know a lot of people really follow our story and really want to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. um, I'm thankful for those people. And okay. Yeah, we're really blessed. Well, uh, I was planning on putting this out uh, probably like a week from Friday. So will people still be able to donate then? Yeah, um, we're planning on keeping it open for a while. Um, I know some people still want to donate that maybe just start in a financial situation that they can or they're waiting for a certain paycheck or something like that. So we definitely plan to have it open um, for a while. Um, So it should be there. Um, um, It's actually just under the I created a link for it, so it's just under the GoFundMe.com and it's backslash Mallory and Wisdom, so it's pretty easy to find. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, he's a good-looking dude, so I can yeah, attest to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can put my stamp of approval on that, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it's it's quite a, a love story, and you know it's it's kind of like uh, you know you guys found each other despite all these things, and I think that makes right. it all the more special. You know what I mean? That right. all these obstacles were not able to keep you apart. So yeah, definitely it has, and they, it's stressful. But I'm I I know that by the time that we get through the whole immigration thing, it'll all be worth it. And luckily, I have grad school is keeping me busy right now mm-hmm. and not 
you know, worrying about all of that. And the reality is it's, it's in the government's hands, not ours. So sure. <laughs> whatever they decide is what's going to happen. Well, uh, did it, was there? Uh, I, I wanted to ask you about the prison greyhound thing you do. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, prison greyhounds is an organization that's actually outside. Um, the home base is in Indianapolis, and they just started um, a couple years ago. I want to say this is their third or fourth year. Um, I got involved with it because my parents. Um, we're on the board of directors, and my stepdad actually still is. But what it is is they bring up retired racing greyhounds from Daytona, Florida, and they basically place those dogs directly into the correctional facility in Putnamville, Indiana. Um, each dog is placed with two inmate handlers, um, and those inmates actually – I wouldn't say socialize them, but they really just get them prepared to be a pet and learn, like, what it's like to be a pet instead of being an athlete at the track in Daytona. So um, they really – they take them to – church with them or they may take them to visitation to see their families or any mm-hmm. classes that they're going to. Basically anywhere that the inmate goes, the dog goes with them. Um, mm-hmm. They sleep in the dorms with them. Um, so it's it's really the idea is to get Greyhound's homes, but the plus side of this particular program is that it's also um, benefiting the inmates. Um, and really giving them a sense of purpose and direction um, while they're incarcerated. Right, right. And sadly, the reason that you have these greyhounds is because the people that race them can't use them after a certain time. Is that correct? Right. So um, you have to retire a greyhound by the time it's five, but most of them do not um, they are not good enough to stick around that um, long. Now, I will say that the the organi- like the greyhound world has really improved over the years. I know that in the past, like people have said a lot of things about like the abuse and neglect, and you know how they would just kind of get rid of the dogs, and that may have been factual back in the time. But luckily, um, in today's society, tracks are really doing good at pairing up with an adoption um, kennel, and so they go straight out of their track kennels into adoption kennels, which is like a holding zone until they're sent out to adoption groups throughout the U.S. Um, So tracks are now even paying for, like, if a dog uh, gets an injured leg while it's racing or anything like that. They're paying for the repair of the leg and then sending them into the adoption kennel. So there's definitely a bunch of improvements that are going on in that world. And um, Greyhound racing is kind of becoming a thing of the past. A lot of tracks are closing. Um but they're really doing good at making sure that they are connected with homes rather than, you know, just sitting in a kennel somewhere. Well, it's good to hear that things have improved over time. So. Right, yeah. 
But uh, what? A, so you said this has the effect of, of being good for the prisoners and the dogs, right? Yeah. So the way that it, um, we do not actually choose who the inmate handlers are going to be. The way that process works is we work with Putnamville Correctional Facility, and they actually wean out the applicants, the inmates that want to participate in the program. Our stipulation is that they have to be nonviolent offenders. Um, and so they get screened and then get chosen and sent to us. And we have anywhere, depending how many dogs we put in there at a time, we started at four dogs and we've moved up to eight. Um, so we had anywhere between 10 to 20, um, inmate handlers in the program at one time. And, they don't pick who they're paired with. Uh, the correctional facility pairs them up, and then they get to choose together who the what dog is going to be theirs um, and things like that. So uh, it's definitely a good program for the inmates as well, simply because it builds a lot of um, social skills for them. We require them to write reports about their dogs, so they have to do a lot of writing and, um, they also have to utilize a lot of teamwork when working with the other um, handler that they're paired with, and a lot of times they're paired with someone that they wouldn't usually associate with um, within the correctional facility. So um, they're definitely getting a lot out of it, and the Greyhounds are giving them so much love that they're probably really lacking while they're incarcerated. So mm -hmm. um, we are constantly receiving um, thanks from the inmates that are involved in saying how much the program has impacted them or, um, you know, how we've kind of, they don't have visitors that maybe come to see them, but that the dog has really been um, a source of, like, light for them. So I, we're definitely seeing a lot of positive um, improvements, and even the prison has said that the dorms that the, the dogs are placed in are much calmer um, than they used to be prior to the dogs being there. So it's definitely bringing a lot of serenity um, and peace within the dorms. Uh, so we're, we're hopeful for the future and hope that the program continues to be successful. Well, that's great. I mean, my wife uh, keeps every time I see a picture of uh, how many great hounds do you have? <laughs> so At any one we time. <laughs> probably have our own kennel. Um, <laughs> But my parents, my parents have four. We okay. had five at one time. Okay. Um, but I mean, greyhound people. We always laugh that we're kind of like a cult in the sense that, like, once you have a greyhound, we say it's like a bag of potato chips. You don't just open the bag and have one chip. <laughs> you like sit there and eat the whole bag. It's kind of like that with greyhounds. Like you uh -huh. can't just have one. And if you can see the floor, then we say there's room for one more. So, Sure, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, like I was saying, my wife, every time we see one, uh, tells me we have to get one. Um, and, you know, I keep having to, to tell her no because I know that will happen. I know that as soon as it happens, right. there's going to be five greyhounds living with us. Right. So. <laughs> well, if your wife ever needs some greyhound love, oh. some love on my greyhound. <laughs> Don't. In the meantime, until she convinces you otherwise. Okay, we're going to have to edit that part out because she can never hear that, ever. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, the pictures I have seen are, are very, very cute. So um, yeah, they, they look like great dogs. I've I've never really had are. one before, but it seems like they're very uh, they snuggle a lot, from what I understand. So yeah, they're they're definitely very tolerant and loving um, animals, and they're they're gentle giants. They're just forty five mile an hour couch potatoes. They're, <laughs> they're pretty lazy. <laughs> so, very cool. Awesome. Well, um, I, I know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I know you have other businesses. You're uh, you're uh, Sensi per, uh, person that, yeah. that sells that. I mean, you, you sell a couple things, right? Yeah, I've kind of um, put a little bit of. I mean, I'm still selling them. I just, I guess, haven't been promoting them as much as I mm. used to with grad school. They've kind of been the thing that have gone on the back burner. Sure, that's um, understandable. But I definitely, I still um, sell. Unique, which is a makeup company. Um, so I'm still doing that, and I'm also still selling um, Stella and Dot, which mm. is a jewelry and accessory company. Um, but I I do um, plan on selling Cynthia again. I've taken a little bit of a break from it. Um, but I just love the independent business piece. I'll be honest, when I first joined um, doing the independent business thing, I was like, mm, I don't want to be one of those people that, like, posts on Facebook all the time and is like, buy this, do this, um, but, you know, I I just think it's a great way to connect with other people, and um, I, I'm not really big into, like, personally messaging people and saying, like, hey, are you interested in buying my product? But if people are interested, I certainly um, encourage them to reach out um, about the things that I sell. Um, I do recognize it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing that we're still doing is my mom and I uh, have started our own business, and we are making things out of recycled wine corks. So um, that's kind of cool. We're still getting that off the ground, um, but we have more events coming up, so it's definitely not a lost cause or a lost hope at this time. I just think it it really allows you to um, learn a lot about yourself, and it really builds your people skills. I thought that my sorority did that for me when I was in college, but I just think that the ability to talk to strangers is something that people are losing nowadays. We we're so engaged in, you know, watching our televisions or our iPads or engaging in the internet and we're really lacking a lot of the face to face or over the phone communication that we used to. And so I really encourage people to you know, reach out and talk to somebody you don't know. Um, the yeah. worst you're going to get is a no, and so what <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, we're only we're only here once. You know, you got to make it count. You know, you, there's no dress rehearsal for this. It's you know, you got to just go out and do it if if you want to do it. You know, so right. Well, um, we uh, we always talk about music. Uh, what what kind of music do you listen to lately? Oh, well, I listen to all kinds of music, actually. My rule of thumb for music is, uh, like, if I can't dance to it, then I'm not really interested. <laughs> um, I'm big on a bust and a move, and um, so if I can shake my tail feather with, to it, then I'm all good with it. Cool. Um, <laughs> I probably am not much in the 
music world right now. Like, I feel like I'm so disconnected from the radio and things like that nowadays mm-hmm. um, that I used to be. Um, I, I think it's my age. I feel like I'm getting old and grandma-ish, and I... These young, like I work with kids, mm-hmm. and they know stuff that I'm like, "What song is that?" And I, I kind of feel like my mother a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what's going on. Well, it's not a coincidence that everybody thinks that the best music ever made would happen when they were twelve. You know, whenever right. that, whenever that happened to be. Exactly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still listening to those Spice Girls. Who? What am I? Who isn't? I mean, <laughs> why lie? I mean, right? Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, um, was there anything else you wanted to promote or or, uh, or get out there I didn't ask you about? I mean, I just feel like you're such a varied person. I don't. I, I sort of don't even know <laughs> if I covered everything or if uh, if there's anything else you wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know. I think. Uh, let me think. If there's anything, my mind is like I definitely do a lot of other things, but I'm like trying to think of all, categorize it all. Um, well, I think one of my other big things is just like a advocacy and social justice piece, which really just comes along with my social work um, background. So I'm all about like people really standing up for what they believe in. And I think that every voice matters. So I'm just constantly encouraging people to do that. I currently um, work in the addictions field. And so that's kind of my baby right now. And uh, kind of really just educating people about mental health and addiction and things like that. Um, But yeah, I just, I really, um, think that people don't speak up enough really what do you mean by that about about their own problems that they're having with addictions or well i think i think it's just this uh, there's still a lot of stigma that unfortunately is going around in our society and it, it there's stigma with a lot of things it's not just mental health and addictions but that's what i see um we were actually just talking about this yesterday in one of my um grad school classes is like I don't know if you saw back in December, Target got into some trouble for having a shirt that said, I'm so OCD, obsessive Christmas disorder. Mm. Uh, And so, like, I really just have constantly encouraged people to, like, really speak up, and it's the education piece again. Like, we wouldn't say to people, I'm so diabetes. Like, you would never say that about yourself. So we really shouldn't – we – have this huge stigma around mental health um and we teach our kids growing up like if you have a cut then you put a band-aid on it but we don't teach our kids like what do you do when you're sad or what do you do when you're feeling this way and so there's just this like kind of darkness that covers the mental health um field and people who have are living with mental health conditions, whether it be um, addictions or um, bipolar or schizophrenia or a number of other things. And I just think it's a lack of education and really a fear in society. And I just um, encourage people to educate themselves. And if they don't know to ask um, Mm -hmm. or really to, you know, if people are saying things like, oh, I'm being so ADHD right now, or I'm being so OCD right now, to really 
you know, question that and say, like, well, would you say, like, I'm being so Alzheimer's right now? Like, think mm-hmm. about what you just said. And even though we don't mean, when we say it, we don't mean it in that way. And a lot of times people don't mean any harm. Um, I just. Do you think it maybe trivializes the thing by being so flip about it and being yeah, like? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really offensive to the people who do have those diagnoses. Like the thing that I can think about is, you know, when um, I don't hear as much as I used to, but when I was younger, people would say things like, "That's so gay." Well. If you look up yeah, it's amazing, like, when I was in high school, how common that was to hear. Right. And I probably uh, said it myself, even, and I'm not even a homophobic yeah. person, you know what I mean? Right, like, I know I've been guilty of that myself oh, yeah. when I was younger. And sure. It, like you said, like, I meant no harm. And kids today will never understand that, thankfully. You know what I mean? I'm glad right. we've moved on from that or whatever, but, like, I, I don't really, like, understand. I don't know if they understand how how far we've come in a short amount of time right. on that. So. Exactly. But the problem that came with us saying that is that we associated that word with being something that was stupid Definitely. or that was instead of using the word for what it's actually for in the <laughs> dictionary, which means, like, happy or... <laughs> and so it's just kind of interesting, the words that we use to sure. describe things. And it, I think that without meaning to do so, we often insult other people. And I just think it's really important to be sensitive to that and be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to recognize, like, you know, when I have said things that have insulted people, to say, like, you're right, I didn't know. Like, I, I, right. I was ignorant to that, and I apologize for doing that. I didn't mean to insult mm-hmm. you. Um, but I think people are so quickly to jump to arguments or... Um, well, it's because their ego gets bruised, you know what I mean? Right, and you exactly, just can't have an ego yeah. about that thing. You just have to be uh, willing to be like, all right, I was wrong. You know, I, I right. don't I don't have to continue being wrong now that someone has corrected me and told me how it is from their perspective, you know? So right. I definitely think uh, being able to take that into account is very important. Right. I, I, I do think it's a defensive thing, and we just immediately jump to, like, protecting ourselves and saying, like, well, that's not what I meant. I can't Mm -hmm. even believe that you thought that's what I meant. Right, absolutely. uh, Instead of just, you know, saying, you know, righting our wrongs and being like, yeah, I did do that, and that wasn't really Mm -hmm. the best decision. We have a hard time with owning our mistakes. Sure. Um, Well, I mean, I think transgender people are really going through uh, a lot of that education process with people right now. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, that's something that obviously is a big talk in our society right now, and um, especially in the social work profession. It's something we're really trying to sort out. So, for example, I work in a hospital-type setting for addictions, and um, a big thing is, is, okay, so if somebody comes in and they're transgender or um, say somebody presents as being female but they're actually male, well, where do you place them on the unit? Do you put them in the male dorm? Do you put them in the female dorm? Do you put them as what they identify with? And so it gets, um, it's really something that we're, it's still murky waters and people are still trying to figure out. And they have that same issue. 
to within the correctional setting as well. My brother worked in um, the local jail here for a while, and um, they were having that same thing where it's like, well, where do you place these people? You you don't want to take away their dignity and worth, and you don't want to take the, away their, um, you know, a sexual orientation or anything like that, but you also don't want to put them in a setting that isn't going to be safe for them. Right, But then the other option is isolation, which we don't want to do that either Mm because that creates a whole other realm of problems. Definitely. Well, especially since we both live in Indiana and this has suddenly become such an issue. Um, Right. Sadly. I mean, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, Yeah, but it is Indiana. We're always (laughs) moving backwards instead of forwards. We could be Mississippi and we could be taking people out of their homes for being in interracial relationships. Yeah. So, oh that? I guess I guess there's always that uh, that we, we can never go that low. I guess. All right. At least I have them to knock instead of sure. just being able because I can't say much positive about what Indiana's doing right now. So that's the only other thing I have. Right. Exactly. It, to back me as Mississippi. Exactly. Look at Mississippi. <laughs> But on the, yeah, but I mean, on the transgender thing, I think that people have to be willing to be wrong. And it's like, um, you know, like, I didn't really know maybe at first how to talk about people in the past tense, you know, before they transitioned. And right. if you still say, you know, whatever the the gender that they were and not the gender they are, it can be right. a problem. And I hadn't really even thought about that. But once I did, I was like, okay, well, that's that's fine. I'll be, I'll be referring to them that way. But it's just, it's just a matter of just putting yourself in someone else's shoes and thinking, how would I feel if this were happening to me and just kind of acting accordingly. And I think it never hurts to ask. Like, I think that um, people are so afraid to, like, because we are so so afraid to offend, offend other people because we're a society that quickly does jump on other people if we don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I've had some wonderful conversations with people who identify as transgender, and a lot of them would say, you know, I would love it if somebody would just ask. Like, you know, better to ask and learn than to assume and be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that that's something that we're still learning, and, you know, we're definitely making improvements as much as I like I think that we're not some days um you know when I look back at where we were a long time ago they're they're definitely (laughs) we're moving forward yeah even if it doesn't feel like that sometimes yeah it's it's true I mean just in within you know the last few years things have changed so much I mean if you told me like five years ago that gay marriage would be the law of the land in every single state I wouldn't have believed you I was like no I wouldn't have either yeah because Indiana oh I know absolutely not and in the 2004 presidential election, Carl, Carl Rove uh, made sure to put on state ballots the gay marriage question, should it be legal or not, because they wanted to drive out you know, Republican voters. And that was a thing that they could count on, people getting up in arms about and, and you know, swaying elections because of that. And here we are just right. 10 years later, and it's no big deal. Nothing has ha- The world hasn't ended, you know? Like, gay right. people are married, and there's not, you know, rev- the last chapter of Revelations hasn't come yet. So right. it's okay. You know? Yeah, all is well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really okay, guys. And it didn't affect you in 
the first place, and it doesn't affect you now. So, but isn't um, that you know, isn't that the common uh, theme for us in our society? Is we are constantly wanting to put our nose and opinions in other people's business. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're while we are making improvements, it's also like, well, isn't this kind of like the same as you know, not a, not thinking it's okay for interracial relationships. Like, it's none of your business, and it's not your decision. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect you. So, like, why? I just feel like while it's different situations, it's a similar scenario every time, and you would think that we would learn from the past, but we don't always. Yeah, absolutely. Or people uh, wanting it to be like a past that never actually even existed. Like they want it right. to be even more, you know, more backwards than it actually even was at the time. Like they just imagine it was right. that way. So, but but yeah, it's 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 really a problem. But, but in retrospect, it looks like not a big deal every time. You know, every time yeah. it happens, it's always like, well, why wasn't that a thing sooner? Like slavery's over. Okay, well, why isn't it wasn't it over like a hundred right. years before then? <laughs> like, yeah, like why know? are we just now figuring this out. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's something that people so quickly need to remember when I so often like here when we talk about like these movements of um, you know Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter and people don't understand like why in black history they still are upset or coping with you know what their ancestors have dealt with in the past or why that's still so important to them and I think we forget how that wasn't that long ago but like that and, and you know it's still a part of their history and a part of their culture, and I, I think it's important for us to let them have that and let them, you know, uh, like cope with that in whatever way they feel like they need to. For sure, definitely. Wow. Well, we've uh, we've certainly covered a lot. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot a wide range of topics. <laughs> Definitely. Well, um, uh, I thank you so much for, for being here. Uh, if anyone has the ability to uh, give to the GoFundMe, I would encourage it. I'll put a link up when I uh, post this episode. Um, Perfect. And hopefully it will help you guys uh, become, you know, uh, being in the same place sooner rather than later. Um, right. And I uh, hope, well, let's do uh, let's do this. Let's do another podcast whenever you guys are united and we'll talk to you guys together. Um. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm sure that I'm sure that he would love that, and you can try and decipher it through his accent. That'd be great. Okay, awesome. Uh, <laughs> if you can help, that would be cool too. <laughs> his English is pretty good. He just says a couple words silly. So, okay, awesome. Uh, you, you'll survive, but yeah, that'd be great. And I really appreciate you know you reaching out to me and asking me um, to be a part of your show. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing our link and everything. So thanks so much for thinking of us and I'm sure if Wisdom was here he would say thank you as well. Alright, awesome. Well, good luck with everything and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye, Rob. Bye.